back to throw Fitzpatrick. Throwing high into the air. Got it. Parker, touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins each and every day. How's it going, everybody? Happy Monday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, we have three more parts remaining to the training camp roster preview series. We're going to continue that today with the off-ball linebackers taking a look at current and former Ohio State teammates Raekwon McMillan and Jerome Baker, the newcomers in Kamu Gruje-Hill and Alandon Roberts, and the rest of this linebacker group. Plus, Coach Flores met with the media on Monday. We'll cover the highlights. We'll detail the Chester Rogers signing. And as always, get you caught up on the latest from Davey. All of that and more on this Monday, August the 10th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins up first, let's go ahead and get to Coach's media for Monday, August the 10th. He spoke and answered several questions from the South Florida media. Let's go ahead and play the hits. And we start with a question about momentum from last season heading into 2020. And you know by now that Coach Flores is going to talk about today and how this team can get better and taking that day-by-day approach, the day-by-day mindset. Well, he was pretty blunt and pretty transparent about how he feels about the idea of momentum from one season carrying over into the next. I don't think I don't think any, to be honest with you. I think 20, 2019 is in the past, and um, every year is a little bit different. Uh, this year is no different from that standpoint. So, you know, the things that happened a year ago, you know, good or bad, we 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 were just kind of focused on getting better each and every day, and uh, you know, putting last year's last year, and just trying to just trying to improve, get better, uh, you know, build some team chemistry. Uh, learn and grow as a, as a team right now. So not really worried about anything that happened a year ago. And I actually do think that's one thing that maybe football fans can get a little bit distracted by is the idea of momentum or carryover, even within the course of a season itself. Like last year, for instance, we talk about the five and four finish. That team played much better down the stretch than it did in the first half of the season. You don't always go based upon the previous week or the previous month or the previous season. And that's Coach Flores' mindset. What can we do today? to make the football team better for tomorrow. And that's the approach you should be taking, right? Up next, Coach was asked about how he feels about the possibility of no fans or fans in the stands this season. Look, we'd love to have fans in the stands. I'd love to have them. Um, home, away. Um, obviously, the fans are a big part of, uh, of the game. And, uh, you know, look, we're, we're, not, we're not out there without their support. So it's, it's that from that standpoint, it is important to me. But... Um, look, there's a pandemic. I think we need to, um, you know, obviously use caution, which we're doing here in our building. And, um, you know, as a, as a, you know, as a country, I think we're all trying to, um, you know, use, use, proceed with caution in all our daily activities. So look, if we can have fans, I mean, I think, and, and have them at the games in a safe way, and I'm, and I'm, I'm all for it. Um, if, uh, you know, the people who make those decisions don't think that's the, the, the right thing to do, then, you know, then we'll play without fans. And of course, it'll be an adjustment period for everybody this season, Coach Flores and the Miami Dolphins included. And here he discusses the possibility of quarantining certain players or just looking into contingencies for how to approach this unique season this year in the NFL. Yeah, we've, 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 we've looked into really every possible scenario. So that being one of them. Uh, look, a lot of our meetings are Zoom right now, so everyone is, you know, from that standpoint, is is uh, you know, in a quarantine. So in a lot of ways, it, it takes care of it, 
excuse me, takes care of itself. Um, but yeah, we, we've thought about that. We've talked about, you know, that scenario as well as, you know, a plethora of other scenarios. So uh, I think we've got a, a plan in place that we feel good about. And up next, I wanted to ask Coach a question about his training camp schedule and how that changes and differs year to year. Hey, good morning, Coach. Um, this year is obviously unique, but just generally speaking, do your training camp scripts scripts differ year to year based on things like coaching and personnel changes? Yeah, I think every every year it's different. So, you know, to set a script in, you know, one year and think that you're just going to copy and paste it into the next year, I mean, that's – you know, because of different players, different coaches, different just different things that you're doing as a team. I think you know on a daily basis, you know, you got to be able to change, adapt, and be flexible. Uh, the way, the same way, you're going to want your, your your team to be uh, able to adapt and be flexible within the game. So, um, yeah, they change, the scripts change, the practice, the daily practice schedules change, and obviously this year um, everything's a little bit different. So, um, anyone who's setting a specific, you know training camp schedule practice um this year is definitely different so um we're all gonna have to be able we're gonna all gonna have to adapt and one unique thing about not just this season on the football field but for the media is that questions tend to get a little bit back and forth because it's just not the same feel and same approach of a live in-person press conference we go back here to a question about covid and about the approach and precautions the dolphins are taking to combat that i mean look i think we if we take things day by day by day and try to, um, you know, use caution and, you know, the testing you know, that we're doing, um, you know, continue the testing, uh, distance, wear masks, and we just kind of string those days together. Um, and we do that as a, as an entire league, uh, then we're going to put ourselves in the best position to, you know, play, you know, as many games as we can play. And that's really all we can do. Um, to make predictions on whether or not we can do this or that. I mean, I don't want to get into all that. All I'll say is, um, you know, we're going to try to wear our masks, wear our contact tracers, uh, you know, distance and do the best we can. And look, this is obviously, we all know that, um, you know, it's an, it's an airborne virus and, you know, people can get infected quickly. So um, all we can do is, is, is do our best to um, prevent that from happening. And I think if we do that, you know, we'll give ourselves a chance to play a full season, which is all, you know, that's all, that's all we can do. And I'm going to go ahead and let this next question just play out in full because it's Armando Salguero of the Miami Herald. And you hear a little bit of humor in Flores' response to Salguero's question, but also a good answer to a good question. Morning, Flo. Um, I'm wondering yeah. if you could share your thinking um, in the hiring of Steve Marshall. And um, I know that putting together an offensive line is difficult. What are the, what are, what are the challenges of doing it in 14 padded practices? I'm going to get all your questions this week, Armando. So Marshall, 14, I'll get them all. I'll get them all here. All right. So Steve, um, obviously, um, you know, once we uh, went with Chan, we wanted to, you know, uh, or I thought it was important to go with someone who was, you know, familiar with that with that style of play. So that that um, that played a role in, in hiring Steve. And um, he's a good coach. He's a he's a teacher, a very good teacher of O line play. Um, and he and I just had a good, you know, I had a good feeling and a good vibe when I uh, 
um, we had our, our uh, let's call our interview process. So he works well with Chan. He works well with the offensive staff. Um, he's a good coach. He's a tough coach. He asks a lot of his players. Um, and so far, it's been it's been it's been good. Obviously, we haven't. Um, it's been all walkthrough, but you know we can only evaluate you know what what, what we've done so far. So um, I've been pleased with that. As far as the, the padded practices, uh, look, it's going to be you know this is going to be the least amount of, of of work you know across the league that any for all teams. Um, least amount of practice, no preseason games, you know, in the history of the NFL. I think everyone kind of knows and understands that. So um, is it enough? Uh, it's going to have to be enough this year. So we're going to do our best to uh, try to build the camaraderie on the offensive line, on the defensive line, in the quarterback room, in the DB room, um, as a coaching staff. And, uh, you know, not make excuses about it only being this or only being that. Just do our best with the, with the time we have. And, again, every every rep is going to be is, is that much more important. Every um, every meeting is that much more important. That's That's the message we've – we've conveyed to the players that I get them all Armando. So a little bit there of the lighter side of coach, but also the message that he puts out to the team, to the players this year that we are going to control. We can control. So a good mix there of coach Flores up next, a question about cornerback Byron Jones, who was signed this off season, man, that feels like a long time ago, but Flores broke down the traits they saw in Byron Jones that attracted the dolphins to sign the cornerback, including some fancy shoes. Who's a smart player. Um, uh, he's a tough player. I think he can tackle. Um, he's got good coverage skills. He's got length. Um, he's got some leadership qualities, and he's a, he's a talented player. You know, we're happy to have him. Uh, obviously, there's some improvements he can make to his game. Like uh, like all players, unlike all coaches, like everyone, we can all improve, get get better. Um, but yeah, we're we're pleased with him uh, so far. You know, we, we uh, I joke around with him a little bit. He, he wears some nice shoes, so I was I was on him a little bit today. Um, but he's he's good. He's been fun to to, to spend some time with, um, and it's it's nice to see guys getting to know each other, and uh, you know, guys from different teams, and just trying to you know pull this whole thing together. Um, but uh, yeah, no, very pleased with with that addition. Look, it's we're still in the very early phase. We don't have pads on. We haven't put a helmet on. We've got a long way to go, um, and you know, he's got to make some improvements. Uh, we all have to make improvements, and if we hopefully we'll, he, I know he'll work towards that. And with college football in the news this week and the possibility of a season or no season, Coach Flores addresses how the Dolphins will have contingencies in place with their scouting staff and approach the evaluation for next year's class if there is no college football games this fall, talking about the scouts, who would be on the road right now, all that stuff. Here's Flores on the plans in place in case there is no college football. Yeah, we're monitoring that, obviously, from a scouting standpoint. Uh, This is the time where a lot of guys would be out on the road and looking at the prospects for, for next season. Um, yeah, if there's not a college season, it's something we've talked about. Uh, Chris, myself, Brandon, Marvin Allen, um, you know, we've, we have a plan in place for, you know, um, how we're going to go about the, 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 the scouting season. Uh, if we, if there is no season and yeah, obviously those, those conversations will be ongoing and those conversations are obviously going to stay between us. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, that would be, I think everyone loves college football and wants to see see it, but um, we don't feel like it's going to be a safe environment um, for those young men, and you know, and that's the decision they make, and um, we all have to live with that. Um, 
but from you know our standpoint, you know, you know, looking down the road, which we're always doing that as well, uh, we'd have to make some adjustments, and we will. Um, and with all that said, you know, my focus is you know on on this team right now today. Uh, so I'm kind of monitoring that from afar, and really Chris handles more more of that than you know really all of that, I should say. Um, so when he gets on, you guys can ask him about it. And we'll go ahead and wrap up Coach's media availability with his last answer here, talking about new Dolphins defensive coordinator Josh Boyer, their history together, and what the coach brings to the defensive coordinator position. Well, obviously, I've worked with Josh for a long time. Uh, he is a very good teacher uh, defensively. Um, uh, he's, uh, uh, he's tough. He's smart. He, he, he works extremely hard. Um and I think he's got good rapport with the players. So um, I'm, I'm, you know, very excited to to, to see him lead the defense. Um, I think he's going to do. Uh, I think he's going to do a good job. And but at the same time, you know, there's we got a long way to go and a lot of work to do. Um, you know, these guys not even you know hitting the field yet uh, in pads or even a helmet. So, um, but yeah, I'm excited for Josh. Um, and I think he's, I think he's going to do a, a, a good job with this opportunity. And there he goes, Dolphins head coach Brian Flores addressing the media on this Monday, August the 10th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. We have a couple more segments I want to touch on here before we get out of here for the day. The Dolphins made some roster moves over the weekend. We'll touch on more of those at the end of the show. Make sure we get everything up to date for you guys here on Drive Time. The Dolphins added receiver Chester Rogers, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts, over the weekend, signed the receiver. And the first two years he spent in Indy, he was primarily a perimeter receiver. Took more snaps on the outside than on the inside there, according to Pro Football Focus. But, however, since 2018, 946 of his 1,088 snaps came from inside at that slot position. In 2018, he caught 75.6% of his slot targets. That was ninth among receivers with at least 32 targets from the slot. Again, pro football focus, my source there. In general, he finished 10th in the NFL in catch rate that season, working back to 2018 and some of the success he had there with Andrew Luck in Indy. And you pull up his work on Game Pass, working in plenty of those tight, condensed splits in close to the formation, working off bunches and stacks. A lot of the stuff you'll see in close to the formation. Like, for instance, go look at Sean McVay's offense with the Rams. They make everything tight and condensed and run off of stacks where you have multiple options in the passing game kind of stacked on top of each other to create better opportunities for releases and maybe even some confusion there in the defensive secondary as well. So he played plenty of in-tight splits on the offense for the Colts in the last couple of seasons, and he would also help in protection a little bit with chips off the edge, one of the benefits you can have when you play inside like that. And he had a game against the Houston Texans in the playoffs back in 2018 where he would chip J.J. Watt a few times in that game. He also has a nice little wiggle at the top of his route. He did run a 4-4-9 at his Grambling Pro Day back in 2016. Of course, that's last time he'll run a 40-yard dash and according to his playerprofile.com profile he has an agility score which is a combination of the 20-yard shuttle and three cone time of 10.92 that ranks in the 84th percentile for wide receivers and so you see some of that shake at the top of his route 
in that statistic there, but it provides that background, some context for that statistic there, as well as the punt return game as he can kind of get off of his spot and make some plays in the kicking game. We'll touch more on that here in just one second. Like the way he chews up the soft spot when defensive backs are in off coverage, just kind of creates a better target for the quarterback to throw to. Looked very comfortable working the hook in behind the linebackers. Again, that inside slot position, you're going to have to be a tough guy working that middle part of the field as he did the last couple of years there in Indianapolis. And he had a real natural feel and chemistry where the timing of the routes and the football were typically on point there with luck in Indianapolis. 75% completion rate will prove that. He definitely has that possession receiver mentality when he embraces the contact on those catches over the middle. You know, the player drops in between that triangle of defenders behind the linebackers underneath the safety. He catches the football, tucks it away, and lunges upfield. Smart player that way. And of course, that's one of the tenants here of Brian Flores, getting smart players onto the football team. Watching all of his targets in 2018 and 2019, you notice he has a real knack for coming back to the football, a good way to earn the quarterback's trust, where they break off the top of the route and work back to the quarterback rather than drifting on that route. Like the way he feels comfortable catching the football away from his body, several examples of that on his tape, and just two drops back in 2018, according to Pro Football Focus, leading, of course, to that high catch rate. And I mentioned the kicking game, and here's a little bit of info regarding the value of having multiple capable return men back there. It continues a theme from a tweet that I wrote back on May 6th that I pulled back up here about how many players the Dolphins added this offseason with return ability. Of course, Jakeem Grant was lost for the year at one point last season, Preston Williams as well. So you start digging in to the punt return depth chart there. And at the time of that tweet, it was six players added to the roster that had pretty considerable return resumes at the college level and Chester Rogers would be number seven so Brandon Jones the kid from Texas the third round draft pick he returned 14 punts and three kickoffs Malcolm Perry returned 20 kickoffs in college Noah Igbenogany the first round draft pick out of Auburn had 44 kickoff returns there at college two of those for touchdowns Matt Breida has five career kickoff returns both of the Dolphins undrafted free agent receivers both Kirk Merritt and uh, Matt Cole had some kick returning experience Matt Cole had 23 kickoff returns last year and eight punts he scored one of each of those and Kirk Merritt returned 11 kicks at Arkansas State you obviously have Jakeem Grant Preston Williams Isaiah Ford they all returned kicks last year for the Dolphins as well and depth just is not exclusive to the offense or defense it matters on special teams as well and Rodgers has 60 career punt returns in his football career and he's pretty consistent with his average yards per return he was at 9.2 yards in 2016 his rookie season had a bit of a dip in 2017 down to eight yards per return but then right back up to 9.3 in 2018 and a career best last season at 9.8 yards per punt return that's a really good looking number there from a punt returner in total he's played 206 career snaps on special teams it'll be interesting to see how he fits into that room how he acclimates and gets involved with Josh Griffin in that wide receiver room. All right, let's go ahead and continue on with the training camp preview series here on the Drive Time Podcast. We last left you off with the edge rushers and edge defenders. And today we talk about the linebackers playing more so off the football. And again, to kind of get back into this topic of how it can be difficult for me or for anybody to differentiate what roles players play in on this football team because as Flores talks about, as Josh Boyer talks about, as the offensive coaching staff talks about, as everyone here involved on the Miami Dolphins operation talks about, we're going to be flexible. We're going to be week to week. We're going to attack our opponent accordingly. And so with that, you kind of have 
some varying roles on the particular positions, especially in the front seven of the defense. But I did my best to separate those guys. And let's go ahead and get now in to the off-ball linebackers. And start in order of jersey number with a newcomer. Alandon Roberts played four years for the New England Patriots, entering his first here with Miami. He's going to wear number 44, just a great linebacker number as far as I'm concerned. He went to Houston. He'll be 26 years old on opening day. And he has another one of these Dolphins coming over to reunite with Brian Flores, with Josh Boyer, that defensive staff. And he really embodies much of the mental and physical makeup the coach wants in his players. A throwback, a physical downhill pursuit player that seeks and initiates contact and beats blocks by taking them head on. That's what football is all about, in my opinion. The most fun football to watch is those guys being aggressive and letting the pads pop, especially out here in practice when you can hear it all. According to Pro Football Focus, Roberts had 1,702 defensive snaps on his resume, 854 of those in run defense, 152 as a pass rusher, and 696 in coverage. He's played 324 special team snaps as well and rounded out his game last season with 70 snaps as a fullback. And evident from his workload, his prowess in the run game is where Miami's new linebacker really shines the brightest. He had 92 career run stops on those 854 running plays. That's a 10.8% run stop percentage. And he missed only two tackles last season. Very sure tackler there at the second level. Physical and versatile. He checks the preferred boxes on character, leadership, and football IQ as well. You go back to his NFL.com scouting report by Lance Zerline in the 2016 draft evaluation. Zerline called Roberts a coach's dream, saying, quote, a coach's dream. Tremendous leader on and off the field. Worked all offseason to loosen his hips and improve flexibility. Loves to hit and has a nose for the football. Instinctive with an uncanny ability to consistently sniff out the best path to the ball. Lives on a downhill track and makes high percentage of tackles near the line of scrimmage. Chest up, wrap up tackler. Has heart for days. Square in his scrapes and mirrors running backs effectively. Of course, talking about working in coverage there on tailbacks. His college coach called Roberts one of the best leaders he's ever been around and raves about his work ethic and passion for the game. End quote there. Up next on our linebacker list, a number, another player rather in the 40s, Calvin Munson, was just activated actually off the non-football injury list. So welcome back, Calvin. He has four accrued seasons, second in the NFL here, number 48 out of San Diego State. 25 years old opening day, he was signed from the Patriots practice squad back in December and played a significant workload in the final two games of 2019. He was called upon for 98 snaps in those two victories over the Bengals and Patriots, played 76 on defense, 22 on special teams, and that Bengals game was a very strong debut. Four tackles, two of them for run stops, and he had positive grades both in run defense, tackling, and overall defense. I should say all three of those categories. And Flores spoke about the traits that Munson exhibited that attracted the Dolphins to the linebacker last December and making that signing off the New England practice squad. Quote, from a toughness standpoint, from an intelligence standpoint, I knew he had a lot of the things that we covet, which is why he was up there, up in New England talking about there, of course. We learned about those things about him up there. I thought he played well last week. I think he's been a really good addition, end quote. And the last player here in the 40s, Sam Aguavin. First season last year in the NFL, second with the Dolphins coming in to 2020. Number 49 out of Texas Tech, 27 years old on opening day. And this guy had plenty of workouts scheduled last offseason. A former CFL standout decided to choose the Miami Dolphins and sign down here in Miami. And he made an immediate impact as he opened camp with the first team, showing off some of the explosive nature of his game, both in coverage as a blitzer. He can really kind of move that first step 
matchup quickness. Aguavin was second among all NFL linebackers in pass rush reps last season with 232. He was behind only Donta Hightower in New England, who had 277. And also Jamie Collins in New England was third with 189 pass rush snaps per pro football focus. The result of those rush opportunities was 23 pressures, three and a half sacks, and nine quarterback hits. He also contributed in the run game with seven tackles for loss and 18 run stops as well. Here's a quote from Flores talking about what general manager Chris Greer and his personnel staff saw on Sam McGuavin when they made the decision to sign him last offseason. Quote, they saw Sam and saw speed, saw athleticism, saw a tough kid. He's a talented guy who has some developmental characteristics. He's done a good job. We give him something. He does a good job with it and we'll give him more. That's kind of what I told the team. Look, if you do a good job, then we'll try to give you a couple more things to do. And I think that's what training camp is all about. End quote. So a good little insight there into Brian Flores' mind about how guys can earn themselves reps in training camp by doing a good job with what they're given and then can have their roles expanded from there and kind of add more to the plate there as players play well in training camp. Up next, we venture into the 50s as another newcomer here in Kamu Gruje-Hill. He has four seasons in the NFL, entering his first with the Miami Dolphins, number 51 out of Eastern Illinois. He's going to be 26 years old on opening day. And the newest linebacker has 98 career tackles, 11 for a loss. He has a pick, a sack, two passes defensed, and two forced fumbles and one recovery in his career. He has six pressures on 41 career pass rush reps and has never allowed a touchdown on 357 career coverage snaps. His passer rating against checks in at a very impressive 83.6 quarterback rating throwing into his coverage area. And at 230 pounds on top of his special teams exploits, he has also developed into a rotational defender in the course of his career with 651 defensive snaps the last two years, a considerable jump from the 86 snaps he played the first two years of his NFL career. And special teams were where he made his biggest impact, voted a 2019 captain for the Philadelphia Eagles for his contributions. He has 1,092 career special team snaps, an average of 273 reps every year since entering the league. He's made 26 career special teams tackles and he exhibits a lot of the traits that Flores desires in a player as he detailed Flores did in a December conference call when talking about the then Philadelphia linebacker quote first he's a great kid he's smart he's coachable as a player he's athletic he's got good speed he can play multiple positions good in the kicking game I really liked him I'm not surprised he's done a good job there over in Philadelphia end quote and if you want to hear more good takes there from Kamu Gruje-Hill talking about his time with Brian Flores, I did interview Kamu as well as the rest of the Dolphins free agent signings back on a Drive Time podcast in March, and he had some really good things to say about Coach Flores and the one year they spent together up there in New England back in 2016. Up next on our list, another incumbent linebacker, Raekwon McMillan, has three seasons all with the Dolphins entering year number four here in 2020. Number 52 out of Ohio State, going to be 24 years old on opening day. Man, he and Jerome Baker are pups still, and they have some experience in the NFL. And like Roberts, McMillan is an aggressive, block-defeating physical presence in that second level of your Dolphins defense. He seeks and destroys contact. Man, he makes the pads pop when they come on in training camp. Whether it's from a fullback on a 
lead block or a pulling guard or a running back trying to square him up in the hole, he will go out and get that contact and make that person pay for it. As a result, McMillan has some of the best run defending PFF metrics in the NFL since 2018. He came back from the ACL in 2018, and from October onward that season, he led all linebackers in run stops with 43 over a 12-game stretch. And just for some comparison's sake there, during that span, the second-place run stuffer in the run-stop category was Luke Keekley with 30. So McMillan had 13 more than the next highest-ranked player on that list. He continued his downhill prowess last season with 31 more run stops in 13 games. He missed three with an injury. And the 31 run stops on 279 reps against the run gave McMillan an 11.1 run stop percentage that ranked fifth among NFL linebackers that played at least 150 rundown snaps. And Flores never passes up an opportunity to praise the work that McMillan puts in both in the preparation aspect of the game as well as keeping his body in peak physical condition. Quote from last summer, he's worked extremely hard over the summer. He came in in great shape. He's on top of everything in the meetings. I think he's done a really great job. End quote. And McMillan has an Ohio State teammate, former Buckeye teammate here in Miami with him in Jerome Baker, his second or rather his third season with the Dolphins now, number 55 out of Ohio State. Again, just 23 years old on opening day. These guys are still super young. It's his first year playing in Brian Flores' defense last season, and he quickly earned that green dot on his helmet, the distinguished green dot, which identifies the player who has radio communication with the sideline. His snap count total, versatility, and overall capability in all three phases of defense really demonstrated Baker's value in that Dolphins defense last season. And Flores discussed the many skills as well as the amount of work the coaching staff put on his plate at the start of camp last summer. Quote, he's done a really good job. He's learned the concepts and the defenses to a solid level, and he's learned multiple positions. Obviously, he's fast. He can tackle. He's smart. He's tough. He's got some leadership qualities, which I talked about a little bit in the spring, and that's starting to develop a little bit as well, end quote. And Coach Flores then continued talking about Baker's game in that same press conference, this time with a greater focus on those physical traits and the ability to do multiple things on defense. Quote, this is a talented guy. He can win a one-on-one pass rush at the line linebacker position. We're going to ask him to do a few things. We're going to ask him to rush. We're going to ask him to cover. We're going to ask him to tackle, play in the run game. So depending on what we have called, he may have to win on -on one-on-one. He may be involved in a scheme or may have the freedom to do either or, end quote. And Baker finished 13th last year among linebackers with 16 quarterback pressures and 11th in the NFL in 2019 with 46 run stops. Two more linebackers to go. This one, James Crawford, number 57 out of Illinois. He's coming back home to South Florida, has two seasons in the NFL, entering year number two with the Miami Dolphins. 25 years old on opening day. He has 23 career snaps on defense, and 17 of those came last last season with the Miami Dolphins. His career began with the Packers in 2018 after he signed as an undrafted free agent and made the opening day roster. He would then go on to play in all 16 games, primarily on the special teams unit. He made six special teams tackles and tallied 327 reps on that unit as a rookie. He played 45 snaps last year on Danny Crossman's Miami Dolphins kick and punt teams and kick and punt coverage teams as well. And for Crawford, coming back to Miami is a homecoming like several of these other players here on this roster. He was born in Deerfield Beach and played his prep ball at the legendary St. Thomas Aquinas High School down here in South Florida. And we wrap this thing up with the only rookie of the group, undrafted Kylan Johnson out of Pitt, 59 on the jersey, 23 years old opening day. 
And like Crawford, he's coming back to the state of Florida. That's where his college career began at the University of Florida. He played in 25 games there and then 13 games last year in his final season in college with the Pitt Panthers. He totaled 132 combined tackles, 11 for a loss, 7 sacks in his college career. He goes six foot two, 230 pounds, and he transferred to Pitt in his final college season, which gave him more opportunities, according to him, to rush the quarterback, and he was right. That Pitt defense was ferocious, and he picked up six and a half of his seven career sacks as a Pitt Panther in college. And so he, too, Kylan Johnson, gives you some explosiveness at that linebacker position to rush the quarterback with. Okay, we touched on the Chester Rogers acquisition. The Dolphins also brought back receiver Ricardo Lewis, formerly of the Cleveland Browns and formerly of the Miami Dolphins. He was released back in July, but he is back in the building now working with the wide receivers. We also had a retirement as Ray Smith, the defensive tackle who was claimed off of waivers from the 49ers last month as well, has been placed on the reserve retirement list. So a few acquisitions and roster changes over the weekend, but that'll do it for today's Monday edition of the Drive Time Podcast. You all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us there, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. Follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible podcast. The Fish Tank had Dave Hyde on last week. The Audible had Jesse Davis on their podcast last week as well. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. We have the Daily Blitz article, all these training camp previews. And of course, we'll have all the media availability recaps up on the website, including Brian Flores' Monday media availability on MiamiDolphins.com. As for today's time, that is my time. Until next time, fins up.